welcome, welcome back to another episode of She's Busy AF. I'm your host, Lauren Loretto, and at the time of recording this, it is December 2023. We're headed into 2024, full force, and this episode, I'm hoping, could be kind of becomes a little bit timeless because I think as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to learn from other business owners and other entrepreneurs and not make the same mistakes they did. You know what I mean? Or just (laughs) have an inside look at like what worked, what didn't work, what you would do differently. And that's really what this episode is all about. I always look forward to every single year. I'm pretty sure I've done this every year past. So 2021, 2022, and now 2023, I do some sort of look back at what happened that year or I think one year I did a blind reaction to like actuals (laughs) financially speaking. And this year, I really want to focus on what were the things that worked for us this year, I guess, and also with that hand in hand, you know, what didn't work. And and this is in terms of growth. So to position all of this, 2022 was the year where Brand Good Time started bringing on employees. And 2023 was the year we started really scaling the business, meaning up-leveling in a lot of ways. So bringing on these employees, having the capacity for more clients, having the capacity to grow the team, take on more work, do more. And so we're finally at a place where we have a solid team. We're taking on more work and going into 2024, we just made a hire this year that will allow me to step out of client strategy so much and focus on networking, marketing, sales, things I really love. (laughs) I do love client strategy and I'm going to keep a pulse on all those things, but the exciting part when when and if you decide to scale and grow a team and step out of so much of the day-to-day is watching that team embody the culture and the vision and the mission of the company that you created and run with it and absolutely wow your clients. And yeah, it's just, it's something I really enjoy. So anyways, this episode is going to go all in and I'm excited to get a little raw with you guys and talk to you about 2023. I know this year for the podcast, it's been a lot more guests. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what was working there and what wasn't working there, quite honestly. And I'm going to promise that going into 2024, you're going to get a little bit more of me. (laughs) I got you. I Yeah, one thing I noticed, and we'll talk about this too, is that these episodes, these solo episodes tend to have better engagement. And I honestly really love coming on here and riffing and talking about, you know, the the having a little monologue about the random nuanced things that go on in entrepreneurship and the tips I have and the things I learned. So anyways, let's go ahead. Let's dive in. The first thing I want to say is that lead generation in the service-based world in 2023 was an absolute roller coaster. And I think in general it is, but This year, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, I believe we entered a bit of a recession. And so obviously the trickle effect on businesses is different based on the industry you're in. We saw e-com kind of take a hit there, B2C, you know, D2C, so like product-based businesses. And the service-based world didn't, didn't quite get that hit until later in the year. And that's what I've noticed a big time. I think larger products with less production are just now starting to feel a hit. And yeah, lead generation and customer acquisition just was so weird this year. And we experienced it a little bit too. So 
what I'll talk about first is what worked for us this year. And so, yeah, let me just dive into that. (laughs) Networking. So networking was an effort we put in probably about midway through the year. And I want to just preface this with I built my last business. So I had an agency before this. We were a digital marketing agency who only got clients based on in-person networking events. Kind of weird, right? (laughs) Anyways, that was our that was our like main lead acquisition. And then this these last few years with brand good time, I was like, I don't want to in-person network. I want to build the presence online. I want to get really, really good at that. And we did. But halfway through the year, I was like, okay, I moved. So I moved across the state. So I was pulled out of my locale and needed to figure out what are some other ways I can generate leads in my area. And a lot of that was just being a customer of places. And that did actually get us some business locally. But I was also like, how else can I network? How can I get outside of like just the traditional networking, networking events, whatever? And so I joined some online communities this year. One of them was Entrepreneurista, and we made our money back pretty much right away in the group. And I just want to preface this with you cannot go into networking like I'm going to make a sale. You have to go in with this mindset of like, how am I going to help people or what am I going to offer up? So I use those networking groups more like I, I like kind of tro- not troll them. <laughs> That's not the right word. I spend a lot of time in there and I'm looking at posts. I'm seeing what people are saying and I'm adding value where I can. And making connections with people in there. If I feel like someone's worth getting on a phone call with because I think we might have similar audiences, it's like you're helping me, I'm helping you. I think we have similar audiences. I like your mission vision. I, you know, think the work output is very, you know, on par with what we do. And so making those connections and getting strategic relationships out of that, which I will also be talking about more. That's how I approach networking. And so we did a bit of that and we're going to do a lot more of that next year. We'll talk about that. (laughs) We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Take a drink. The next thing that worked for us this year is generating high quality work. So this was the year we placed that big emphasis on team education and empowerment, really diversifying who was creating and letting the team handle projects. That really opened doors for a lot of creativity since we had more minds than usual touching projects and I wasn't the one to like puppeteer the whole thing, if you will. You know, I really stepped back some in some ways, and I learned from this, in some ways I stepped back more than I should have. So this is like very much my poor team. <laughs> you know, they get caught in the messy middle of this is a growing business. I want you to have control. And then, you know, realizing they still need more structure. That's that's kind of the position I came from there. And but but at the end of the day, we created some really beautiful things profit margins hurt a little bit because of that. You know, we're spending extra time to learn and empower the team, but it was worth it to me because now our projects, most of them can run pretty much without me, pretty much. But yeah, and also having those different creative minds on the projects allowed us to diversify what we can showcase because what comes out of my brain might not be what comes out of a different team member's brain in terms of an idea or an example for how we can execute something. So that was a huge game changer for us this year. And we were able to create different pieces of work that, you know, went above and beyond what I could do or create on my own. So that was just really powerful and really, really cool to see. The next thing we did was have a more consistent approach to marketing. Placed a big emphasis on this this year. And I think we really, in a lot of ways, nailed it. So with social media, I started building my personal brand on LinkedIn and really using that platform to connect with, you know, in the same way you would consider like the entrepreneurial group I'm in networking there. 
try to do the same there be intentional about my approach to sales with that as well so like if I had a sales call with someone connecting with them on there engaging with their content just making sure that the touch points are there because that's what's important in marketing and then we also had a higher consistency of posting to Instagram so Instagram is a platform we initially built the business on okay now our ideal clients are a little above and not I wouldn't say above and beyond Instagram but that's not the number one place we're drawing clients from anymore However, with some of our larger audience clients that we've worked for, we've had a great reach on Instagram for their audiences in terms of driving traffic back to ours. So Instagram is something we prioritized this year and we're still prioritizing. It's a way to visually showcase a lot of what we do. So yeah, really like Instagram. Glad it went well there. (laughs) We're going to continue it next year. And then email marketing. So if you subscribe to our email list, you probably used to get Toastworthy. Listen, I know I haven't sent it in a hot minute. The creative juices from a personal point of view are all being put into my A, psycho toddler, and B, (laughs) work. (laughs) So Toastworthy kind of took a backseat, but some of our team members want to pick it up next year, which I'm excited about. That was kind of my personal brand newsletter where I just wanted to end the week on a Friday with something to cheers to, but also something to laugh about. And so Toastworthy really built, you know, I don't know likability with our email list. However, halfway through the year, I was like, I think we can do more and I think we can do better and I think we can be an agency and educate the audience and still have fun. And so we came up with the concept for the brand Good Times, which is a weekly newsletter kind of like meant to be newsletter. Um, sorry, like, new- yeah, newsletter, like a, like a news newsworthy piece. And we had a structure to it. We still do. We still do it. This is not a past tense where we talk about you know, different types of content that's going to hit our socials that week. You get you get essentially a sneak peek, a bunch of tips, what's going on in the podcast that week. We condensed the podcast newsletter and to be included in that. Some wins. We always like to share the wins, but a big piece of it is really actionable advice. You could read that email in one of those sections and say, I'm going to implement this today and you'll see some sort of actionable change. So, Good Times newsletter has gotten a lot of great feedback. We also have a tech tip in there where we like share our favorite piece of tech for the week on how to make marketing more simple. They're simpler. Grammar's hard. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, Uh, really excited about the newsletter and stats there are just really great. Great engagement. We love email marketing. We love a good middle of funnel. So that went well for us. And then we have the podcast. So we had a lot, a lot of guests. And I would honestly, like, if you want to take a second, I'd love honest feedback on the guests we had this year. I'm trying to take a more strategic approach to the guests we have next year and create some more high quality, potentially shorter, but more actionable episodes with guests. But we noticed this year that solo episodes did better. So just an interesting mix, just, you know, full transparency. But I'm excited to get some more solo episodes out. I do like doing these. I like adding some actionable insight to your back pocket, kind of like we do with email marketing, but being more strategic about who we bring on and what value we're adding there. So we're looking at some topics we've never, never talked about before. We have quite a few guest episodes already recorded and a ton scheduled out through February right now that I'm really excited about. Just again, topics we haven't touched on and that I don't see a lot of people talking about. So like you're going to want to tune in. (laughs) Okay. And then, so after a consistent approach to marketing, we also did a lot of nurturing referral relationships and strategic partnerships. So when we weren't spending time marketing, I was spending time networking and figuring out how can I work on a project with some of these people I'm networking with. 
And one of our biggest strategic partnerships still rung true this year, and we're still working on projects together, whether that's like monthly marketing or websites. And uh, that's just the stronger together mindset of someone who may offer like parallel services or even like you might have some service overlap, but still have things that each other doesn't do. Coming together on a project can be so extremely powerful. And that's something we did this year a good bit. And we're definitely bringing that into next year. So don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on partnering with other agencies um, to really bring a client the best possible scope of work to help them get to their goals because we don't do it all. (laughs) All right. The last thing we really prioritized this year was enhancing our client experience. This is a big one. So we use Monday.com, which is a project management system, and that obviously like internally took a huge upgrade, which we needed. But with that, we offered some new services that like monthly recurring that required ticketing because we have, you know, a website portion of what we do. We have clients who get monthly updates to their website. So we wanted a way for them to be able to submit a ticket and get, you know, that piece of work done quickly. And so ticketing systems were huge for us this year and it created, gosh, it created a well-oiled machine. So that was amazing. We also expanded our service offerings to increase lifetime value of a client. However, there were some things we learned. Okay. So like flipping to what we would not do here if we were to do, if we're going to revisit services again. We tried to offer a service called Bucket of Hours. I think we tried to roll it out to past clients only or if like we got deep into a sales call with someone, we'd say, okay. So it's where someone can buy just a chunk of hours and use those hours to work. And we had it to where they could use them within a 90-day period. We just needed essentially a brief to know what we were doing. It created so much chaos internally. Because it's hard to plan for when those projects are going to come through or when the client's going to need something. We might be onboarding two new clients in a week and then someone has a request from their bucket of hours. They're, if we were going to do it again, we would definitely do a kickoff call to plan out what would be done in 90 days so we could at least plan for that. But also so the client would know strategically what's going to make sense. Because when you have this bucket of hours, it's like they just, they're just they leaning on you for marketing support but with no real strategy. So it just, it it is not good for like recurring business, I don't think, because you're not really able to show the value of what you're doing outside of trading time for money. And so we will not be doing that again. (laughs) We learned our lesson. We do hourly work for some clients, but it's in conjunction with the project we're already doing. It has to be in conjunction with that exceeding scope or something to that measure. So learn that, learned that one. And then we also really, really, really nailed down our ideal audience. So we all have and you can sit here and listen to this, say you have at least one or two ideal audiences, maybe more. We are really hardcore nailing down going into 2024, which just means for us, we will work with founders. That's, that is our preference to work with founders, but the founder really needs support. The founder needs a team. We're a team of five, six employees five and six employees supporting one founder who has no team whatsoever unless we're handling like operations and all of the things outside of marketing it just doesn't make sense we're not we can't that that's really 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 hard our our special sauce our strong suit is marketing and marketing operations not sales finance business operations for a business owner when you have to carry all of those things on your own as a business owner and you go to hire a marketing team 
in my opinion, you're better suited to hire like a little social media management company or or like just kind of specializing. But a marketing agency, you really need a team who can help get the little things and, you know, not be pulling you in 50 directions. That is my opinion. So in 2024, we're really looking to work with founders who have some sort of team, are not carrying the weight of all of the marketing on their and of the business on their shoulders by themselves. And, um, you know, we also have a revenue marker as well for what we'll work with. And that's just because we can't do a 90-day plan for a client. This is going to sound so controversial, but we can't do a 90-day plan for a client knowing that the budget is is enough just for the plan. You know, we need to be able to say, okay, you've got two, three, four thousand dollars a month to work with budget wise once you have a strategy to be able to execute the strategy. And that's also not all the money you have. So you have the budget to make the investment to play with play with money in a sense to see what's working, what's not working, because marketing takes time. Our contracts after an initial 90 day plan are six to 12 months. 12 months is typically the preference and where we where we kind of hold firm because we need three to four quarters of testing. You know, we, that's not to say we don't see results right away for our clients, but we need to be able to build on on an initial quarter, an initial 90 days in order to get a client where they want to go. Because when we are planning strategies, we look big picture. We look at what's the next 90 days, but we're also looking at one, three, five years. So, you know, we can't do the most in 90 days when we're looking at a five-year picture. So nailing that down, not nailing that down for a while created more chaos internally for us because we're working with clients who are really desperate on 90 days needing to work, truthfully, truthfully. And that's just, that comes down to budget Um, and it comes down to resources, really, if we're, if we're going to lift up and beyond and not be so, you know, uh, (laughs) firm in it. It's, it's really the resource planning that we need more of. So going into 2024, we're making space for clients like that who have the resources who we can help, you know, while not saying we're turning away everyone, we're just not the right resource for everyone anymore. It's like kind of weird, but we're there. (laughs) Okay, so next year, we're going to keep those efforts I just mentioned, and we're going to be doing more conferences and in-person events. We grabbed our tickets for Inbound 2024. Who's going? Hit me up. (laughs) Let's go. I love inbound. I'm so excited to get back up there. And I love Boston. Boston's like one of my favorite places. So yes. And then we're also going to be doing a consistent network and a consistent effort on networking through the communities mainly. So really excited about that. Uh, Some of our, our most, actually all of our team members live in different places. We've got two team members in Florida, one in Texas, one in South Carolina, and one in Ohio. So it's kind of on everyone's plate to get out there and network meet people, see what's possible. We are going to lean into PR a bit more, probably more on the personal brand side of things for myself, just getting out there, seeing more what more contributions I can do, news features, whatever it takes. I don't know. I'm going to do some exploring on my own and have some fun with it. And our prices are also raising. And just like I mentioned, so is our target audience in order to make more of that like impact. We want to we wanna work with brands with teams, more bandwidth, more responsiveness, more resources. And that's a huge step for us, but we're really excited. We're really excited. I don't know. It's crazy. Again, I feel weird saying we don't work with like just founders anymore, but there's there's such a good reason for it. And I just want to let this be a lesson too. Like if you are feeling drawn and pulled to step up a little bit out of the 
or shit let's call it shift if you're ready to shift your audience for reasons that you can write down like i just did do it don't be afraid to do it everything will fall into place you know what's meant to be for you will be there and that's so woo woo like mindsetty but like it's really true i've been in business for i've had a business and been a business owner for like seven or eight years now and when you make space for things or when you let go of things to make space for things like it really is crazy what ends up happening things will come you have to work for it but like they will come (laughs) so I'm so dying to know what you as one of the listeners thank you are gonna try for next year because I want to know what I'm missing selfishly but also I love talking about it I love talking about going into a new year starting fresh what are your thoughts goals if you want to show me your vision board I'm down to look at it I'm not gonna vision board but I'm down to look at yours (laughs) You can shoot me an email, Lauren, at Brand Good Time, or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name there is Lauren Loretto. I think it's, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, I'd love to hear what you're doing, what you're, what you're into, and maybe even catch you at a networking event or a conference in 2024. Networking's on my list. I love other business owners. I love getting to know other business owners. If you think we might have a good strategic partnership potential situation, hit me up. Let's talk. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She's Busy AF. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful 